Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. This is your Monday weekend recap and quite a few more days, as well as Futures Look and Monday Best Bets episode. Joining me as always on the Monday Best Bets is the Future Jays. We've got Joe Delera. You can find him on Twitter and then the Action Network app at Joe Delera. He will not be going as Joe DeLatter. That is not a thing that he will approve, despite <laughs> our producer's well-intentioned suggestions of a nickname. Uh, also joining me is Jim Turvey. You can find Jim on Twitter and the Action Network app at Turvey Bets. Want to make a special shout-out of the podcast with Joe and often Jim. The Cash That Podcast. Make sure to check that out as well. Check out the Cash That Podcast. If you listen to this, you're going to want to listen to that. Like, it's betting. It's betting and there's a lot of basketball. Go do it. You also get to hear Brandon um, shit on pretty much every contract that's ever handed out because he doesn't think that anyone that isn't Steph Curry is worth anything. So make sure to check that out as well. Uh, All right. On today's show, we'll get into best bets. We will then talk about the in-season tournament. Final day of the tournament, group games, is on Tuesday. We are going to do our level best. To try and not only give you best bets for how you should bet this thing from a futures perspective, but we're also going to try and simplify this thing. And let me tell you, that's not an easy task. We're going to try and simplify it down so you understand motivations, all angles, etc. for the in-season tournament play on Tuesday. Everything that we talk about can be found in the award-winning Action Network app. If you haven't gotten it yet, and if you've just been like listening, you're like, I like the podcast, but I, you know, I don't really need the app. If you download the app and you don't find anything of value, I will send you nothing because I don't have a lot to give you. But what I will do is I will tweet anything in favor of whatever team that you like at all. If you really do download the app, you got to be honest with me. This is honest. I will tweet anything about your favorite team because you're going to find something in the app you like, whether it's the live shows, tracking where the money is. The line movement alone is really valuable, especially when you're betting NFL and the key numbers. Like, I don't know, say if you... Uh, wanted to get Eagles minus two and a half and missed it and then got three and a half and then they won in overtime because they don't and then they don't cover because they don't kick the fucking extra point that that's a good example of how to get the best value uh, using the Action Network app. You can also find all of our live shows at youtube.com slash the Action Network. That's youtube.com slash the Action Network. Let's do this thing as always. We're going to start with best bets for Monday. Jim Turvey, what's your best bet for the Monday slate? I have Sixers minus four and a half, uh, and I'm going to talk through Denny Advia's points prop. Okay, in a truly disgusting game, by the way, for the Wizards versus the Pistons. I'm very excited to talk about that game. Uh, Joe Delara, what's your <laughs> best bet for Monday? I'm on DeAnthony Melton over 13 and a half points against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I have three. Two of them are on the Lakers game. I have Lakers plus five. I have Lakers Sixers over 231 and a half. And I also have the New Orleans Pelicans minus four versus the Utah Jazz. 
Where to start? Well, uh, we're head-to-head here between Jim and I, so let's go ahead and get into that first. Jim, you like the Philadelphia 76ers here at home. Why are you backing Joel Embiid and the Sixers versus the Lakers? Yeah, so the the main point for me is just I think this line is just too short, and I think it would be really fun to go back and forth with you on that. But I also will say Embiid really hasn't had much of a problem with AD in his career. Um, last three games, which is basically all that they've faced off in the last uh, two-plus seasons now, he's averaging – 39 and five basically on over 50 percent from the floor he's plus uh 49 in the 119 minutes of those three games he's played all three have been sixers wins uh he really hasn't had much of an issue and i really just think the sixers team is a lot better than this lakers team right now uh i have this number around sixers minus seven and a half um if you look at adjusted net rating uh sixers they're the second best team in the league right now. Now they 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 haven't looked quite as good in the last two weeks. Lakers have looked a little bit better in the last two weeks, but for the season as a whole, the Lakers they may have that ten seven record, but there is not really a, a nice win on that. I kind of want to go through this with you because I saw your tweet about how high you on the Lakers. I don't see a good win on there. I think this Lakers seems a little overrated at ten seven. I have them at about a league average team right now, whereas the Sixers team I'm a much bigger believer in. So yeah, t- tell me tell me why why you think the Lakers are are semi real here. Okay, so a lot of this is like I tweeted about them um, based off of power ratings, right? Which is just like where are my numbers spitting out. Now my numbers do account for strength of schedule. Uh, it just takes basically a, a base adjustment um, driven off of dunks and threes because. Um, I will pretty much find any excuse to use that site's data uh, and then adjust, adjust for that slightly. So I, I will start this by saying I your cap is sound, okay? Your cap is sound here in that basically the Lakers numbers are okay because they've played a bunch of shit. And anytime that they played anybody good, they've been pretty much trash with the exception of um, Saturday night's win versus Cleveland. Like that was legitimately their best win of the season. Versus a Cavs team that's only 500 on the season right now and can't get their shit together. Um, and it and Garland game. missed the second half. And yeah. Garland missed the second half, right? So from that perspective, yes. I think one of the reasons I like this is tied in with the over, which is the Philadelphia 76ers are 23rd in defense, non-garbage time the last two weeks. The defense has fallen off a cliff. Uh, if they're going to be this offense-only team, I think honestly, they're like, it's not necessarily that I think that the Lakers have more firepower, but I do think that that leans a little bit to Lakers on the spread. Um, it's funny because you're like, I don't think this is enough points, and you've got a seven and a half, and I think it's too many points because I've got this like Sixers minus one at most, right? And this is mostly, if we're really going to talk about this, it's basically you, you've got it projected seven, I've got it projected one, and so I'm on the on the Lakers and you're on the Sixers, and then they'll probably, they'll win by like six, and I will be like, fine. <laughs> um, but it's fine. Um, I'll also say this, that like, I think one of the components here is largely that when I've watched the Sixers, I've been kind of like, huh, like their momentum, and I think a lot of this too is they had such a burst out of the gate and the vibes were really good, and they were really awesome. And Batum had like a plus 25 net rating for a while, and like we're starting to see a little bit of a slide. Now, on the flip side of this, I will say another thing that makes me not necessarily thrilled to be on this side against you uh, is the injury report. Because the Lakers, I can't believe I'm about to say this, the Lakers are going to miss Cam Reddish? Um, they're, they're really going to like Cam Reddish is questionable in this one. Um, if you ask me which is the better defensive team between these two squads, I'm right now... I'm actually going to tell you that it's the Lakers. And I think that that's, I don't think that that's crazy. Now, again, another reason to kind of like go your direction is um, how do you attack the the Sixers? Well, you put them in pick and roll and you hurt the fact that Embiid's going to drop. The Lakers don't have necessarily guards to do that. Do you want D'Angelo Russell shooting that much? Probably not. But I think this is probably maybe a better spot for Austin Reeves. Uh, I like some of the staggered lineups in particular. Darvin Ham switched up things and now has... LeBron running with Austin Reeves in that second unit as it should be because if you put Anthony Davis and ask him to hold up a lineup he collapses like uh, a piece of toilet paper trying to hold up a house like it's not good so if you have LeBron and Reeves holding it up I think that that's a lot better all right so that's what I've got Jim you have any thoughts on on which side to be on on this game no I (laughs) I think you're right I think it is kind of a pivot game for me for the Lakers and, and how I view them um, because they have had, you know, they have had this recent success. A lot of it has been ho- at home. A lot of it has been against lesser opponents, but there have been structural changes. Like you say, um, especially, you know, those changes 
to when Reeves is getting his mitts. I, I do think there could be something there. I, to me, this is like, I want to see it before I bet it kind of deal. Um, and I, you know, I even adjusted a, this, this Sixers number for me a little bit based on the last two weeks, which way each team is trending. So I'm, I'll stick with my side. It does, you know, you never want to be, uh, hear another prognosticator out there on the other side of things. So, you know, maybe take it down like a tiny bit, but I, I still think I want to see the Lakers do it, um, against a really, against a good opponent, um, in Philly who even, even though their defense has slipped, um, and I, I think, they're they're a solid matchup for the Lakers, to be honest. Um, like you you talked about briefly, like you know maybe this is not the the team that's gonna shred the Sixers defense. Um, and and talking about how Embiid has done against Anthony Davis, so I, I definitely think this is kind of a a choose your own adventure game for sure, and a little bit of a a pivot point for how how I'm gonna see the Lakers and potentially the Sixers as well, um, based on which way these two teams are trending um, heading into the game. I've also got Lakers Sixers over 231 and a half. I project this at 239, so I'm good with any number up to 240. Um, the Sixers in Sixers games this season, they're 10 and 6 to the over, which is a little bit surprising. Again, it kind of is reflective of, you know, the early season defense might be kind of clouding who the identity of this team, which is that it's probably a little more giving maybe than we kind of initially thought. Like they have some defenders, but also bear in mind they did lose PJ Tucker and PJ Tucker has looked a little washed with the Clippers, but that's still a plus defender uh, that they gave up. Now, Roko's played really well, but it's only limited minutes. And so um, that's why I think that there's probably a little bit of value on the over here. Uh, And I also think that either way, if Jim's right, then it's probably that the Sixers handle the Lakers and are able to put up a pretty big number on them. Um, And if the Lakers win, I think is that they're able to get some traction versus the Sixers defense. Maybe it turns into a slugfest, but I'm willing to bet it's not. I'll take the 231 and a half on the over. Joe, you get the last bet on this game, and that's the Anthony Melton over 13 and a half points. What's your cap on that one? So ever since uh, Kelly Oubre has been out, he's kind of seen an uptick in not only his usage, but really the way that he's being asked to score the basketball. And he's taking a lot more threes, which is a shot. The Lakers have defended pretty well, but they've also allowed a lot of three-pointers so far. Um, And they're allowing, it's the bottom 10 in terms of how many threes and the frequency that they're allowing. So that's a shot that we know that Melton can kind of get up. Also, uh, the Lakers have kind of allowed shooting guards to have bigger games against them. They don't have the best perimeter defense or like point of attack defense out on the perimeter there. You know, like you're dealing with D'Angelo Russell, you're dealing with Austin Reeves um, and Melton. He's hit this line in six of eight games without Kelly Oubre. A lot of the games are like right around where we are here. But part of why I like this spot against the Lakers is the Lakers play at the ninth fastest pace in the league. So it's a little bit of a pace up spot for Philadelphia, a team that generally plays a bit slower and he's getting enough three-pointers up, and he's a good three-point shooter. Um, Over the past couple of games without Kelly Oubre, uh, over these last eight games, actually, he's shooting 46.8% from three-point range, um, and he's seeing a 17.3% usage, which obviously it doesn't sound like the highest amount of usage, but given what his role is in the offense and given what the Lakers kind of allow, um, he's going to be a guy that they're not necessarily, I think, all that concerned about. They're going to be looking at Maxi. They're going to be looking at Embiid and a guy like Melton can kind of get his shots up uh, and, you know, maintain his contributions across the board. Okay. I have nothing to give because your prop plays are pretty much beyond reproach at any point. Um, I'm not going to be able to say shit because your props have been ridiculous lately. Uh, So that's the Lakers Sixers game Uh, real quickly on Pell's minus four. uh, I've got this projected, obviously higher Pell's lost to the jazz outright in the last game. And it was a very much a step back for them. Uh, They were on a back-to-back coming off of a big win, but that's still like a game that they probably needed to get um, even without Zion. Like they needed to win that game. I looked this up. So this is a duplex game. You play twice in a matter of in three days. Um, If you're favored, on the road and you lose outright and then you're favored again on the road. So again, like you're out of place, you should have won, you dropped it. You're playing that same team in that building a couple days later, surprisingly uh, 13 and 10 against the spread since 2020, since these games started being played and more importantly, 12 and six, if you're less than a six point favorite in those games. So I will take Pell's minus four as my second best bet, Jim. Let's talk about the, the most fun game on the board. Let's do it. Let's get into this game because I'm very excited for this one. Um, <laughs> this game's going to be good. <laughs> I, I remarked to my group chat with Brandon Anderson and former Buckets contributor Raheem Palmer that I can't figure out my numbers keep being like, yeah, no, the Wizards are okay. Like They're not that bad. And I keep looking at the numbers being like, are you drunk? 
Like, how drunk are you? Because the Wizards are terrible. Uh, the Wizards in this game are three and a half point dogs. I have them as favorites. I have them as two point <laughs> favorites. I should absolutely be betting the Wizards. I 100% will not. I will not do it on principle. I will not do it in any regard. Uh, you, however, have a prop play, which I think is admirable. Tell me about Denny Avdia. Yeah, so this is this is very dependent on Jordan Poole not playing. So yeah. he's listed as questionable. Um, we'll, we'll see if by the time you hear this, hopefully there's a, a full report. If he does not play, I'm going to be looking at Denny Avdia's points um, up to 14.5. And I'm, if I if I'm if I dig even a little deeper, I might even have a little more room for it tomorrow. But he's scoring almost nine points per 100 possessions more with Poole off the court this season. Again. It makes sense from a usage perspective. It makes sense from a perspective of anyone who saw that preseason huddle where he was clearly not uh, pleased with not getting the ball from Jordan Poole. Uh, and so uh, what I really like, though, is so in the last game, uh, Jordan Poole was not active. And odd, odd, odd man, his is a, a tricky name to say. I'm going to call him Denny the rest of the time. Denny, Denny had uh, eight, nine field goal attempts and uh, and four from three. And that doesn't sound like much, and it wasn't, but that was because he only played 16 minutes. It was a blowout loss. They got run off the court. If he had played his full minutes load, he was tracking for just about um, season-high attempts from the field and from three. So these these ones where a player is out, we get to see the impact um, of like the field goal attempt distribution, but it's a blowout, so the, the books don't get to see that full number. That second game back, I really like to target um, folks who theoretically should have a higher minutes load. I don't see the Pistons running the Wizards off the court. I, Matt, am your numbers. I also keep thinking I should bet the Wizards. And I actually, unfortunately, do keep betting them every now and then. And let me tell you, folks, uh, it's not fun. They don't cover much. Uh, they get run off the court frequently. I will not be betting them, but I am going to look at, at Denny for this points prop. Um, 14 and a half. Uh, last game, it was 13 and a half. So, that, you know, even theoretically, a little bit of wiggle room there. But I even may take it 15 and a half if I, if, uh, if I do a little more digging on the Pistons defensively side of it. I have to look this up real quick. Uh, I have to see this. So the Pistons, two, three, four. What's the streak now for the Pistons? Is it 34 out of 38, maybe? They've lost 13 in a row. I wonder, like, <laughs> the Pistons have lost 13 in a row and are favored by more than a possession, and I still can't bet against them because it's the fucking Wizards. <laughs> uh, I did bet. So when Poole got ruled out, on Saturday night, I was like, yeah, I'll take a sprinkle on the wizards because pools out. And like, that's Damn. like a, that should actually be a plus for them. And they got completely just destroyed by the Hawks just ran off the court. That was the exact yeah. moment where I was like, there will not be a number at which I can bet the Washington wizards <laughs> for a little while. Like, I don't care. Even like this, this is such a good spot sure. for them off a of day's rest coming off a loss. Like the Pistons are so bad and they can't score and the Wizards can like, this is a great spot for the Wizards. And I just can't do it, Joe. I just, I can't do it. No, the the Wizards are just absolutely terrible. Um, the one thing that I will say, and I noticed this and it's, you guys can shirk me or shirk this advice if you want, but um, Kyle Kuzma was tracking for a triple double in, uh, in that game against the Hawks. And uh, if Jordan Poole doesn't play, might be a fun little sprinkle out there. Uh, you probably have to build it and you'll probably get the best odds, but um, as opposed to the, like the pre-built triple double option, but you know, you can throw like the 10 boards, 10 assists in there and it might be fun or like if you water it down with some eight and eight, uh, but he was <laughs> tracking. He had, he had seven boards and he eight assists against Atlanta. So something to keep an eye on the triple the double King. The Nuggets and Clippers play. LeBron faces Embiid. And on this podcast, we're talking about Denny Avdia, points, props, ladders, and and Kyle Kuzma triple-double props. That's why you come to Buckets. Uh, one more note for the Monday slate, by the way. Blazers, Pacers, total 241. And we, we've been cashing on Pacers overs because, well, it's an unstoppable force right now. Um, I do project this under under no circumstances will I bet a Pacers under. If you were like, I want to bet the total on this game, I'd just immediately be like, you should bet the over. I only have it projected under by a point, but that's enough for me not to go ahead and bet the over on it. Um, this is one where, especially with the Blazers on the back-to-back, I'm going to go ahead and stay away. I think there's a chance the Blazers, like the Blazers offense died in the second half versus the Bucks versus a very bad defense. And that's a good example of like, 
these bad teams will just have these lulls because there's kind of this idea of like, well, they don't play any defense and they just run up and down and take shots. And so they can just like keep scoring. No, like they're truly bad teams will also have lulls where they just don't score at all. And that's my concern here yeah. is like, if you want to play the Pacers team total over, don't mind that. But uh, this is definitely not yeah. a spot for an overbet. I was going to say, I think I would like the Pacers in the first half. Um, their team total in the first half, like a lot, whenever that pops. Um, I think that that's probably a great spot. I was a little surprised. I was hoping that we were going to get like not a 12 and a half assist line for Tyrese Halliburton again, after he had t- only, only 10 against the Pistons, <laughs> but uh, but it's back there. So I'm, I'm probably going to stay away, but that first half team total over is definitely a spot that I would look at. Buckets is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, it's time. The end season tournament wraps on Tuesday for lots of NBA fans. There like there's conversation ongoing about like what this means and what like, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? All these types of things when it comes to the end season tournament, like we've just had like a lot of conversation about it and that's all well and good. Uh, what I will say, however, is that this is an absolutely awesome thing for betters. This tournament has been great because the games are competitive. I've given the stats on uh, underdogs and all these games, and that's continued to hold totals have, have stabilized and regulated. So nothing like, I think, honestly, I think a lot of it was that the defenses had trouble with the courts early on, and then they got used to them. That's kind of my read on that. Maybe it was also uh, just noise. That's entirely possible too. Uh, but Dogs have been done very well in the tournament, but more importantly, last day of the tournament, we have a bunch of spots to to establish. And so that means that there's opportunities to bet not only who's going to win this thing, because you get to win three three games in five days. That's it. You need a three-game winning streak for whoever's going to win this thing, and the numbers are outrageous. And on top of that, we have in-season MVP in the market, and that thing is wild. We have some absolutely crazy numbers there. Um, Here's where I will start. The Lakers and Pacers are locked. They're in. Uh, the Lakers are plus 460 to win. LeBron is plus 550 to win finals MVP. AD is considerably longer than that. Pacers are in. Plus 950 to win the thing. <laughs> there's a Tyrese number at plus 900, which means like in the market, there's one that says that the Pacers odds to win it are worse than Tyrese's odds to win MVP, which is like kind of shows you like how hilarious and also probably how many people have started betting Tyrese after the Pacers locked it uh last week um that's probably where that comes from as the handle on tyrese has to be pretty significant relative to the rest of the tournament futures not significant on a grand scale but more in line almost definitely in the suns are in with a minnesota loss or if they have tiebreaker advantage and they have a plus 34 point differential uh booker is plus 900 in the market plus 2000 at another book kings are in with a win Fox is plus thir- is 13 to one MVP. And that may not be the, the longest number in the market. Um, the Pelicans are in with a Houston loss to Dallas. The Bucks are in with a win. The Rockets are in with a win. That's right. The Houston Rockets are in with a win. The Warriors are in if they win and the Wolves lose. And then you got a bunch of teams that need point differential. Like there's just like a bunch of teams that need point differential. And we can talk about all those. Um, there's a lot of ways to kind of go about this. Let's start here. Jim, the Suns are in with a Minnesota loss, but even if they lose, they still get a wild card spot because they're plus 34. And I can't see anybody outpacing them at plus 34 in the wild card groupings. Maybe it's possible, but I don't think so. So the Suns are in if the Wolves lose to the Thunder, which by the way, like I have the Wolves as home dogs in that spot. That's what I project for that game. Uh, so like it seems very likely that they that, that there's at least a strong possibility that that happens. Thunder have been the best team in the West over the last two weeks. Uh, that to me gives great value here. KD's been great, but the market is still doing this thing where it's like, well, KD's the best player, so KD's MVP. And I think that Booker has a much better potential to be like thirty, like averages twenty eight and nine assists and four rebounds in these tournament games. I love getting, I'm going to bet Booker 20 to one as soon as we get off this podcast tonight. Yeah. I, the 20 to one number. And and it, you, you talked a little bit about how 
this is like th- this in-season tournament right now, the books, it seems like they don't fully know what to do right now. Because if you if you shop this in-season tournament MVP, you can do really, really well and, and scoop up some numbers that really are off at different books and and build yourself a portfolio that is is incredibly plus value right now. Um, and Booker at 20 to 1 is a really solid look because I think it Durant's been playing out of his mind this year. He has been playing really outstanding. So if you want to put those two around on par, I think that's that's probably fair. But to have Booker at like twice the length when I'm I'm with you. I, I really don't see a way um in which the Suns don't grab that wild card spot. The Thunder are not the type of team to to roll over and lose by, you know, what, 37 points in in a in a game that, you know, they don't they don't have motivation in the in-season tournament. But I think that one thing that we need to keep track of is the these motivation spots. I think the alt lines are definitely something to look at. But at the same time, if it's a close if it's a close game, it's two competitive teams with really stuff to play for for the regular season. Like the, the Timberwolves and Thunder are pretty close to each other in the standings right now. It very well may come down to the end of season where like a tiebreaker between the two of them is going to be head to head. And this game is going to have mattered a lot for the Thunder in the grand scheme, even though it didn't matter in this in-season tournament. I think that's maybe the, a little bit less of a case for, we'll, we'll talk Celtics, um, Bulls, and Knicks, uh, Hornets later on. There's a little bit less, you know, on the line for those ones. But this this Thunder uh, team, I really don't see dropping by as a monster a number as, as will need to happen to bump the sun. So at 20 to 1, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on, on thinking that Booker play has a lot of value right now. Yeah. Joe, your thoughts? No, I, I love the Booker play. I think the Booker play makes a lot of sense. Um, we already kind of know there's certainty around how good, uh, you know, Phoenix performed. And because of the way that New Orleans didn't literally try to get like one more bucket to break that tiebreaker, um, they're not even a real concern. Like they would be the team that's closest. They're one point off or whatever, 1.2 points off in the tiebreaker with the Suns. They can't catch them. There's no way to catch them. So we're really looking at a scenario where the other teams that could catch or that would be in a position to try to catch or would need to catch are like dramatically farther behind. I think the closest is what, like 23 points or so. So it's it's going to be a very tough scenario to to kind of get there. To beat the to beat out the Suns, like one of the things I think that is really fascinating about this market is that effectively, what we're kind of saying, like the, the market is also pricing these things as if like kind of like a playoff format, right? Where it's like, oh, well, if you're like a high seed, then your odds are shorter because you'll be at home for the quarterfinal, I guess. But yeah, my thing is, I'm like, this is three games, guys. Like this, this is this is three games. If the Hornets knock off the Knicks, which doesn't seem likely, but if the Hornets knock off the Knicks and the Heat win, the Heat are in. Like the Heat are in. Can can the Heat be the best team? Can they win three games? Bet your ass they can win three games. Like this is the Miami Heat that can that constantly confound all expectations. Um, they've also got a not a great shot at uh, point diff given a, a lot of factors like. Uh, the Bucks having a plus thirty nine, pretty pretty good, pr- pretty good for their 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 yeah. chances of of landing in there. Um, but like to me, there's like there's going to be opportunities. It just kind of depends on you. Like you do have to look at the board on Tuesday and try and come up with like how we evaluate what's going to occur. Um, Jim, you mentioned the the alt line, so you mentioned the the point differential stuff, the motivational factors. The team that has the most to gain from absolutely crushing their opponent is the Boston Celtics who are in a dicey spot um, to a degree. So they clinch if they win and the Nets win and then Boston wins tiebreaker over Orlando and Boston, but they're going to have to outpace the Nets and the magic in that tiebreaker scenario. So like, that's a way that they get in. They can get in the wild card with, I'm not even going to do this. Like there's a number of ways that they can do it. Like there's a bunch of ways that they get in. I don't want to go through all of them because you're not going to be able to keep track of them if you're listening. But our kind of our outcome here is like the end point of this is Celtics need to win by a lot in their game on Tuesday. Like they are, I have them as 13 point favorites versus the bulls. If you're going to absolutely house a team, Chicago's not a bad team to face. So, um, (laughs) I want Jim and then Joe. How do we bet this? What's the way to approach this? How do we go? How, like that Celtics Bulls game has huge implications. How do you think you want to bet it? 
Yeah, there's a few different ways to do this. And it's part of it is you you may have to wait on this game's spread to come out, which we don't have at this very second. But if you shop around, you can find um, the Celtics at plus 1,000 to win the group. Now, as you said, not only did they have to win, they do need some help from the Nets who have to win as well because the, the Celtics lost head-to-head -to, -head to the Magic. So it won't just be point differential. So, But... That doesn't mean that they won't be trying for that point differential because the wild card in the East is all sorts of crazy. So they have double motivation to just absolutely run the Bulls off the court. Um, I think we have seen at times uh, this this Celtics team not run teams off the court as much, but yeah. I think this is the spot where blowouts and to, 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 to really run some teams off the court, this is absolutely the time to do it. I don't think you're going to get even a parlay of Nets and Celtics um, by, you know, 2023 20, plus to get to plus 1000. So I'm fine bit taking that plus 1000 right now. There's also some crazy numbers out there. One of them has Celtics plus 1400 to win it all, which seems very short considering they're plus a thousand to win the group. You know, you can shop that, but another book has plus 2,500. Another book has Celtics plus 3,400 to win the tournament right now. If they get through either by a wild card or by winning their group, they're going to be incredibly live. This this could be an instant hedge out or just let it ride. Yeah. To be honest, I think I would just let it ride. So being able to grab the Celtics at 3,400 is is absolutely insane to me to win the whole tournament. And, and again, just a sign, you know, it, it to, to, to a degree it makes sense. Plus 3,400 is, you know, about 3% implied. Plus 1,400 is about 7% implied. There really isn't that big of a gap in implied, which is why maybe we're seeing that sort of chaotic shopping ability. But for us, the better, the, the, the payout is so much bigger for an event that, is going to happen very quickly. You're not tying your money up on the Celtics to win the title seven months from now. This is going to play out very soon. You're going to get the money back. When or, or well, <laughs> you won't get the money back if you lose. Unfortunately, <laughs> I just learned this about betting. But you will get. You will have untied your money sooner than later. So I, to, for me, that plus thirty four hundred is a, an amazing dart just for you know the next you know couple weeks here. Um, for, for a team that's going to be remarkably live if if they get through this and and are able to to run the Bulls out of the gym. Yeah, I think it's like particularly funny given the fact that DeMar DeRozan just was so upset the other day that uh, the Raptors were like trying to score at the end of the game and he was like so mad. It's like, wait till you see the Boston Celtics, buddy. Like, <laughs> this is gonna not going to go well for you. So um, I, I, I'm with you on that. And I think that this is really the way that you need to tackle it. Uh, I do think that you might be able to get like a decent number on some of these combinations though. Right. Like if we're looking at the Knicks, for example, cause like I'm always going to talk about the Knicks. Right. <laughs> but like the Knicks, the Knicks obviously have to win by margin against the Charlotte Hornets. And it's like important that they do so anyway, in order for them to win the group, like right now their odds to their odds to win the group are only seven to one. They're not going to get there without not only destroying the Hornets, but you need Miami to win by like, like probably like 10, like, honestly. So, like, I think you start projecting like that and you say, like, all right, well, like, the Knicks, like, are they going to win by 30? Like, probably not. Or could they win by 20? Yeah, that could definitely happen, right? But then it's like they're not – they're still not there on – the bucks um so like the bucks would have to lose straight up or like you can start doing some other stuff where it's like Knicks by 15 heat by 15 and then that gets you into a scenario where like new york would win the grouping um because they are they outpace miami in point differential so i think you can kind of get like a little funky with some of these um but I do think that what I've noticed, at least from a player prop perspective, right, is these guys that are traditionally in blowouts would come out. And like, I, I feel like I always get this in like my replies. It's like, are you worried about a blowout? Are you worried about a blowout? It's like not in the in-season tournament. Like, I'm not worried about a blowout there because these guys are going to try to play like they're going to try to score. And I think that that's particularly relevant in these games, especially. Um, and like the games that you obviously are going to be looking at are like uh, the Bucks just want to win. Um, so they're not, they're le a little bit less concerned. Right. But uh, like Miami, it matters like a little bit in terms of what their point differential is um, because if it's a three-way tie, New York, it matters exponentially. The nets, it matters. Uh, and then Boston, obviously. So like Boston, they would normally probably be able to blow the doors off the bowls, but maybe in this spot, it's a spot where you're saying like, I want to bet on Tatum points like over. And I want to take some alts because if this game's, towards the end and like they need to really score who's the guy that's going to have the ball in his hands probably jason tatum and like this is not 
like, like this is a team that he can definitely go to work against in the Chicago Bulls. So I'd be looking at some player props too, because if you think a team is going to win by like 20 or 30, like their superstars probably had to put up a bonkers numbers in order to do so. Like you're not going to win by 30 points. If like Tatum doesn't score, you know, like 35 points, probably it's unreal. I think so. I think that there's probably some opportunities to combine things in same game parlays as well with these like really extreme alternate outcomes to try to figure out how the game is going to project. One one other thing about the the Knicks game, I think if you're looking at the Knicks, I think you really should go for the alt line and not the group yeah. winner because the group winner you have a, just a lot of things having to happen with, including the fact that if Miami does beat the Bucks. And the Knicks are blowing up, but then you also have to watch out for the Heat to win by like if the Heat win by more than yeah. So you're bringing in so many factors that I really think if you are if you're looking at the Knicks in this spot, go to the alt line, not the group winner, Uh, especially since it's shorter than the Celtics group winner. Like to me, if if you're looking at a group winner, do Celtics. If you're looking at an alt line, either Knicks or Celtics. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. I think that's definitely the way to go. I want to talk about Sacramento, who the Kings are in with a win. There's a 16 to one on Fox right now for finals MVP or for in season tournament MVP. That to me feels like maybe even better value than Booker because like I could see KD like, Oh, KD averaged 35 in three games and the Suns won and KD won it. Right. Uh, Booker's at least competing with another high level guy and Sabonis is high level. Don't get me wrong, but I don't have any, like the way Fox has played. This is another thing that's, that's really interesting is, in the playoffs, it's such an entirely different sport and dynamic. We don't have the opportunity to basically be like, who's awesome right now? Like, who has the most momentum right now in the NBA? And the most momentum right now in the NBA are the Thunder, who somehow lost and got themselves eliminated. I'm very pissed off because this should absolutely have Shea, and I'm very pissed off at, the, at those tickets. But um, the Kings are are one of the teams in the West that has like the most momentum and Fox has been incredible. Fox is averaging over 30 points a game since he came back. Like he's been lights out. Uh, I, I kind of feel like finals MVP De'Aaron Fox needs to go in the same bucket with Devin Booker, Joe. Yeah. I actually think that that's notable. And I think that you're getting like a touch of a discount right now because Fox missed a game, right? Like he missed an in-season tournament game. Um, so I think, and so did Devin Booker, um, but you know, the Suns have played all of theirs now. So like the Suns won all three with Booker. And then, you know, if the Kings are in that same scenario and Fox wins all three with Fox, then like you're looking, then you're looking great too. So I think that Fox has been like exceptionally, like he's been exceptional. Um, and you know that he's like the clear cut best player on the Kings. Like he is their engine. Um, and you know, he dramatically impacts the offense. So I think that it's great. I, I kind of like these teams that are high offensive teams uh especially for this type of style because i think that it's like if you're just going to go out there and shoot like if your team has the capacity to go out there and put up like 130 like and and anybody on like on any given night i think that you have a much better chance at not only winning the tournament but i think that you also have have better chances of like putting up these bigger numbers um and i think that it's going to be interesting because like if a team gets to the finals like we've never had this before is there a chance that like you could lose the finals and still win MVP? Because I think that that's, I, I, I don't know. Um, but I think that maybe in this construct, depending on who you're playing against, I don't think it's completely unreasonable that that could be the scenario here. The, this is not the way I typically cap. I'll say this, but I'm a little nervous hearing you guys talk of Kings because this King spot just feels like the most Kingsy spot. They <laughs> play the warriors who own them. It's Draymond's first game back. Yeah, that dude loves nothing more than being a villain. He's he's already got history with the Kings. The NBA does sometimes do these things where if you zoom out and you're like, so say you bet some King stuff, you zoom out and like a day later you're like, wait, what am I doing? I'll find that sometimes with myself. I'll be so in the numbers, I'll make a bet, and then like a day later I'm like, oh man, like just from like a common sense thing, I I can't. What was I doing? And I feel like. Yeah. Going all in on the Kings right now is kind of that thing that I would bet it. And it would like make perfect sense. I, like I got a great number, great value. And I'd be like, wait, wait, I'm now saying the Kings are going to beat the Warriors. And so that happens sometimes, but it just, it smells, it smells funky. Okay. So I'm, I'm into this. I'm into this and I agree with you. Cause I only have this game. I have this game projected as like a pick them effectively. What do we think the number goes to if they make it in? That's the question. Number for, for Fox. If Fox 
if they make it into the in season tournament, what does it drop to? I think they'll still depend on like 10 to 1. The best. What'd you say? I think maybe 10 to 1. It depends on where they land and it depends on the bracket, honestly. I think it's like eight to um, one or ten to one, and I would still like it then. So, like you've talked, yeah, me into I think it. that's the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. wait, yeah. like if they, you know, we we'll talk about a little, like because we're doing best bets on buckets after, on Tuesday night after the games. But for you to have like this is our chance to look ahead. If the Kings win, yep. we still like Fox to win because that's like a great long I'd love shot. it then. Yep, that that's yep. the spot that I think you want to get it. Like there's there's the Celtics are the opposite where if the Celtics make it in, yeah. Tatum's going right <laughs> back to the top yep. of the list. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think I think that could actually impact the stuff with Fox, though, right? Because if we think that there's a reasonable chance that Boston can make it in, right, into the final eight, then that I think inherently will drop the odds of everyone else That's true. in the MVP race. Because Tate, like, you have to respect that Boston is arguably the best team in the tournament. Then, so everybody else's MVP odds should come down. Um, so like, I think that you're right. Like if you want to bet Tatum, you need to bet Tatum now, um, or you need to bet Boston now, like however you want to do it. But if you want to bet somebody else, that's not confirmed in, like you probably need to, you probably, it probably does make a little sense to wait a little bit and just see how the bracket number one shapes out. And then number two, if Boston gets in and I don't, to, to be honest, like the way that it's looking right now, Boston shouldn't get in. So I think that that's kind of cooked into the odds right now that Boston wouldn't make it. But if Boston does make it, I think that the odds should change probably dramatically yes. because Tatum probably has to be at least like the second favorite in the scenario. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be tough for him to be lower than that, uh, you know, in this type of spot. There's two teams that are probably going to get in and I don't want bets on, on either one of them for very different reasons. Um, the Bucks are going to get in. They win, they're in, and even if they like, there's a scenario where they get in anyway, and their point differential is ridiculous. They're very likely yeah. to get in. I don't trust them. You know, they came back versus Portland. Like the concern here I have is like, is are the are the Bucks going to win the in season tournament and not look good in a single game? Like, are they just going to look unimpressive in every single game and just be like, yep? And the Bucks won it, and they didn't look impressive, and the defense is bad. I feel like they're uh -huh. vulnerable. I, they're the shortest odds, so it's not quote unquote fun to bet them. I'm also not like like I don't. If this was Budenholzer, I genuinely would be like, oh yeah, let, like I'm getting a, a bet in on the Bucks now. Like I'm get, I would bet the Bucks before the tournament, but it's not. And that coaching yeah. drop off is huge. The Rockets are the other end of this, where I like the coaching, I like their situation, I like how they're playing. I just don't think that Houston's going to be able to like if it's Houston going to Sacramento, if it's Houston going to L.A. in particular. I'm not going to like that matchup. If they're facing off in Vegas and it's Houston versus LA, I'm not going to like them in that matchup. Like I would like the, I would like to have already have a position on the Kings versus the Lakers in Vegas in the semis. I don't want necessarily to have Houston and it's not about Houston not being good. Like they're playing really well right now and they're tough and they're probably like, they have a really good shot to make this. They got to win on the road versus the Mavericks, which is tough, but I don't see any way to kind of bet either one of those teams, Jim. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. In fact, I think part of what I like, part, part of the reason why I'm finding so many bets I like in this in-season tournament right now is because I don't like some of the teams at the top. Not that the Rockets are at the top. I'm, I'm kind of with you on being able to write off the Rockets. I, I don't think they're going to go into Dallas and win, to be honest. And I think we'll, they'll be on their merry way. Um, but I think the Bucs are, are a team that I am, I'm very much not looking at. I know Giannis has been playing like really well of late. Um, he, he really has been. Um, and the Bucks are playing a little bit better of late. Their offense is finally starting to click a little bit. But they're especially at the number that they're at right now, I'm really not looking at them. And and this is one that you know, uh, harking back to the the start of the episode, it won't won't surprise folks, but but might surprise you a little bit. I'm also not super high on this Lakers team as like a you know semi favorite in this. It makes sense right now. They're they are one of the few teams who are locked and loaded and through. But I'm gonna that may well be a team that based on how the bracket shakes out. Um, I'm going to be looking to to fade them as well. So I, I think the teams that are listed favorites is kind of what's making me so intrigued by this market because I don't necessarily um, have them as the favorites in my book. Joe, you got thoughts on either one of those teams? Yeah, so I mean, I think that what, what Jim was kind of saying makes a lot of sense, right? Like in terms of saying like there's teams that I don't like. And I think that the reason the Bucks are probably kind of graded the way they are is there's a little, there's like a level of certainty that they get through, um, which is something we talked about. But if you look at the other teams that are getting through in the East, like Indiana is like a relative, like we are high on Indiana. 
I don't think like average NBA viewers are like as high on Indiana as we are on Indiana. Same with Orlando, same, literally the same boat. And then it's like, well, then it's who else? Like it's the Knicks. Then like, it's like, you know, like, and it's like, like, like I love the Knicks, but it's like, you look at those three teams and you're like, well, one of these teams has Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like they're probably going to get through. So I think that that is kind of where you're at there. With the West, I think that some of the points that you brought up about like not wanting a Houston ticket or like not wanting this ticket make a lot of sense. But the teams in the West to me are more like dynamic in terms of like what I expect from them. Like the teams that are sitting there right now, currently you're looking at the Lakers, the Kings, the Pelicans, and the Suns. Like if it stayed as is right now, those are all teams that you looked at preseason. You're like the, even the average like NBA viewers probably like they're probably going to be in the playoffs. Like they were in the playoffs last year. They're like around the playoffs. They got like the Pelicans. They have Zion. They have Brandon Ingram. They're a popular team. The expectations were there. I think that that like the West part of the bracket is very interesting, but I think that there's going to be a lot more value on the East part of the bracket, just based on the fact that like, if we don't buy Milwaukee, then it's like these numbers on these other teams, like that we're kind of high on, that are like uprisers or so to speak, I think that the value to win the tournament overall is going to be much more significant. Okay. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more about Pels here. Cause uh, Jim's also got a note on Zion who's uh 2000. I actually found a 2200 in the market. I've got a preseason 4,500 on on Zion uh, for in-season tournament MVP, which makes me not want to bet any more on them. However, uh, Pels are in with the Houston loss. So if the Rockets lose to the Mavericks, which if you take like a big picture step back and you go, the Mavericks are, are at home in preseason, who would you expect to win that game? You would say Dallas. Um, now, D- Dallas has a hard time with beating anything with a pulse. It's just a very difficult spot for them. They don't do well in those spots. And the Rockets definitely have a pulse. So a little bit of concern there. However, let's say this plays to to preseason chalk and the, the Rockets win. Now, all of a sudden, the Pelicans are in, and they're another team, Jim, that I think absolutely, you know, like to me, like the Kings or the Suns or these teams that can get, like the Pacers, I think are a good comparison here too. These teams that are just like, can you look awesome for three games in a heightened environment? And the answer is like, absolutely. Like the Pelicans, they're inconsistent, but their fastball still looks really good. And they got GTA back and they're getting healthier and Zion is looking better. And Ingram played is playing really well right now. Um, Pelicans, I think, is an interesting one to look at for in-season tournament as well. The question I have for you is, do you want to, is this kind of like the Kings where it's like, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait to see if the Rockets actually lose to Dallas. Do you want to get your money in now on Zion or not? I I am more comfortable in this spot getting my money in a little bit early because I do think there is the possibility that this number shrinks with um with with the events as they play out. Um I Zion has has quietly been and it, there's also the potential for, you know, the more days that go by, the more this gets talked about, the bracket gets released, we certainly get we suddenly get, you know, a decent path for the Pelicans and 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 whatnot. And people start to look and Zion, you know, he's, he is playing better and better in recent games. Um, he's on his, you know, no, no back-to-backs, but in his last three games, he's played, he's up at 28, five and five. Um, you know, maybe the the rebounds aren't quite what we're used to seeing from him, but th- those points are are up relatively notably from the season as a whole. The Pelicans, as you mentioned, they're really starting to get folks back. They're starting to integrate people in, they're looking good. Um, they've been one of the better teams um, the, the market's like trailing them at least a little bit, it seems like in the last two weeks um, by spread differential. So I, I think I'm fine going for uh, a little nibble on Zion. And I'll, but I'll say this, if you don't already have it, I think uh, most of the the action folks, and if you've been listening to this podcast, you probably thought it was a really good bet at the beginning of the season. I wouldn't double down. I don't, I definitely don't think you need to double down at this point, um, especially if you have something in the you know, 40, 35, something like that range. Um, let that sit. If you are, if you don't have any Zion stock, I I'm fine at this moment, adding, um, uh, plus plus 2000 plus 2200, like you found out there. Um, in part, because I, I don't think this, this Rockets team is, is going to go into Dallas to win. So I'm, I'm, and obviously that's, that's baked in. I'm not, I'm not saying it can't happen. I just, I, I don't see the likelihood being uh, high enough that I'm worried to, to not put this, uh, Zion bit in. I have, uh, 
on power ratings, I've I've got Mavs as home dogs right now. So I may have to like, I may have to like bet Houston to win the in season tournament as like a no, I can't even do that. I may just have to bet Houston outright in that game. (laughs) As in like, uh, well, you know, if I lose, I've still got Zion 42 to one to win in season tournament MVP if they can win three more games. That's what could possibly go wrong. Um, Oh, I will ask the Knicks fans here. Uh, if the Knicks do somehow make make it in, who do you want for end season tournament MVP? Oh, it's Brunson. It's Brunson. Everybody yeah. knows that Randall doesn't hustle, so like it's <laughs> it's Brunson. Like <laughs> there's no there's just no way around it. Mitchell Robinson. I was actually, I Mitchell Robinson is interesting, but he won't put up <laughs> he won't put up enough stats. <laughs> I was looking at Brunson before the the pod because I thought that would be a fun one because I do think he's one of those guys who. I I struggle to see a way in which the Knicks win three straight games without Brunson being really strong in those three games. Um, but they're it, they're priced priced about like the books are thinking the same thing. So I I like Brunson. If you love the Knicks, I you know if you can get a slightly number longer number for Brunson, I I don't hate it. But I don't really love the Knicks at their number. I think it's ab- about the right spot. So especially with with all that has to go on, that's maybe a wait because Brunson. Brunson, if they get through, I don't think Brunson's number is going to be ridiculously short. No, you might still be able to get, you know, plus 1,600. So I think that's another guy, if you like him, let let him get through. Let, let's actually see it happen, and then we can bet it on the other side. Yeah, and I think that some of those guys, too, like, to be honest, like a guy like Brunson, if you're going to get like a 16 to 1, I would rather just like like the games he's going to play, like he's going to play against the Bucks and the Pacers and like maybe in the Magic, right? Like those are the three teams, presumably. Like he is going to put up monster numbers because they can't defend guards. Like the Magic can, but like the Pacers and the Bucks can't. So like you could just bet an alt line and then just roll it over again and do it again. Like that's what you could do if you want to back Brunson. I think you might get better value even that way. All right. If you've been completely confused by this entire segment, we don't blame you. You can hit us up on Twitter at HB Basketball, at Joe Delera, and at Turby Betts on Twitter. And we will try and uh, answer all your questions because we're still trying to figure it out ourselves. But those are our plays. Uh, Booker, finals MVP. Wait on Fox. If the Kings win, then go with it. Celtics and Knicks alt lines on Tuesday. Maybe a little bit on Zion kind of place and i, I kind of like celtics to win it all plus and celtics and celtics uh yeah i'm gonna bet celtics tournament winner too because i like yeah. that spot as well that number's uh, crazy all right it's gonna do it my thanks to david Payne, our producer as well as our video team putting this up on youtube youtube.com slash the action network we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow we'll do best bets for the tuesday tournament slate with the usual cast of characters thanks for joining us well, until then let's get buckets Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.